welcome to Friends of the Force. I'm your host, Brad Whipple, and joining me today is Madison Thames from Doing Talking. Madison, how's it going? Doing well. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to finally be doing talking on this podcast, as, as your podcast is called. It's great. Yes. It's such a good name for a podcast, by the <laughs> Thank way. You. Uh, do you want to tell some of our listeners uh, what your podcast is about exactly? Yeah. Um, so I cover basically everything Star Wars related on my podcast, from the films to books and video games. But I have a particular focus on the character's and the narrative itself. I really like breaking down their thoughts and their motivations, and I like looking at the mythology behind it all, and I'm particularly interested in the Force, you know, and how the the cosmic force is uh, orchestrating all of this. It's a very <laughs> particular f- fascination of mine, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've I've listened to several episodes. As soon as I got into the the podcasting community, you were one of the first I actually found. So it's been your your podcast is great. I love it. Um, oh, thank you've done, you. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So uh, super thrilled to have you on. I was really excited to to get this scheduled. Uh, today we're going to be talking about what what the end game is of the Skywalker saga. I feel like I keep seeing you know speculation nation out there, and you know I'm not one to too much dabble in speculation, but every now and again I like to treat myself a little bit <laughs> and kind of go off the yeah, I don't off blame the rails, you. you know. <laughs> Speaking of off the rails, I keep seeing I don't know if you've been seeing this, but that Shmi Skywalker theory that keeps popping up on Twitter. Have you seen this at all? No, enlighten me. <laughs> oh my god, it's like I I will never believe it, but like thinking about it hurts my head. But people keep saying like like Ray is gonna travel back in time and become Shmi Skywalker, and I'm just like I can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I can't like, and she's gonna forget about Kylo, and that's why there's no father, but it's really their baby. And I'm like, how does that happen? I can't have this. Is like Back to the Future. <laughs> I can't deal with that. <laughs> Can we just let Ray be her own character? Everybody, I know. I'm like, everyone's stop. like, she's she has to be related to somebody, or she's like a clone of somebody. And I'm like, oh, do people not know how clones work? Like, you would look <laughs> like the other character. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Yeah. No, that's not gonna happen, and we won't be talking about that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just needed to bring it up because I, I was like, I need to speculate responsibly at this point. The way I like explain all of the crazy theories that are coming out right now is like we're in this drought and so people are just <laughs> desperate like to come up with ideas about stuff and so it's yeah. getting really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like what can we turn into an article that has a very clickbaity headline? Hmm. Oh, exactly. Ray is Shmi Skywalker. Boom. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, you bring up the fact that she can be nobody. She can be not related to anybody. It's, I definitely want to get into that more um, in, in a little bit, but we're going to start real quick here with kevin smith's comments last week which is one of the first things that we have in the notes here and he i believe he was talking with ign and he was talking about how jj abrams invited him to the set of pinewood and um this is what he said in the interview he said they keep telling me i should see the set and he and he goes jj don't and kevin smith asked why and jj said it's the last shot of the movie and kevin says so i was like wow uh, well, now I really need to uh, see it. And JJ says, you don't want to be spoiled. You want to be in a theater when this happens. Trust me. And the other people on the crew were like, bro, I wish I hadn't seen it. I'm glad I did, but it will melt your mind. <laughs> and I'm like thinking of Indiana Jones and the Covenant. And that's like how I feel like I'm going to look when I see the Rise of Skywalker, you know, in the last yeah. scene. And he's like looking and it melts. His face melts. I'm like, that's going to happen to me probably. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by the willpower to turn away from the last like, <laughs> shot 
of episode nine, what we're all dying to see. Yeah. I hope that I could do that in that situation, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like, the last time I've really seen, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, there's been not many sagas this grand that have wrapped up in my life besides Harry Potter and I guess the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, although the Hobbit was yeah. like kind of, you know, a weird outlier sort of deal. Yeah. But this is something that's been going on for 40 years. So when you think about it, that that last shot does kind of have to be mind melting because it's wrapping up so much. And yeah, it's like, it's how nuts. do you how do you self-contain the rise of Skywalker, but then make it a, a statement on the entire nine movie arc? Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost impossible to live up to all the expectations people are going to have because like almost every fan is going to have a different idea of what the last shot should be. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's going to be almost impossible to just please everybody. <laughs> I think I hope it's like a porg or something or maybe even like a ship <laughs> flying off into the sunset and then the camera zooms out and you see like a dark robe and then it the camera turns around and it's Jar Jar and like Oh, no. ends. <laughs> See, like what I always thought would be a great shot, last shot for episode nine is the Falcon flying off, like jumping to hyperspace and then, you know, cut to the credits. But now I'm like, I don't think that's it because that's not mind melting is something we've seen a no. hundred times already. So I'm yeah. like, I, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I was trying to think what could melt your mind. And the fact that JJ is is confident enough to say this will melt your mind makes me think if Kevin Smith were to see it, he would have to understand it just by looking at the set alone, which to me, again, it's the idea of just visiting the set, not actually watching it being filmed, just seeing the set itself. So that makes me think it's going to be a set that we've already seen. And I keep I, like I have this one theory in my head that it's going to be the Jedi Council Chambers and it's going to be Rey and Kylo. And they're, and they're going to walk in and they're going to sit down in the chair. And then like, I think of Game of Thrones with like Daenerys when she goes to the table in Dragonstone yeah. and she's like, let's, or let it begin or something. And I think that's, I keep thinking wow. that's going to happen with Rey and Kylo. They're just going to be like, let's get started. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there would need to be a little bit of a time jump where it's just going to be the two of them in the Jedi Temple with no students. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna no. be a bunch of empty seats. Yeah, <laughs> they they sit around and look at all the empty chairs, and it's like, uh, I think we have work to do. <laughs> yeah, and then Anakin's Force Ghost comes, and he's like, "Can I be a master now?" And they're like, "No." And he's like, "Seriously, you have no students, and I still can't be a master on this council." <laughs> Take a seat. <laughs> Take a seat, young Skywalker. Oh, oh man. my god, I would love that. Um, so, what would you like... see in the in the route of like a familiar set? Like, does that does that make sense to you? You think, or you think it maybe somewhere else? Um, a planet I've always wanted to see in Episode Nine, but again, I have no like. There's been no kind of confirmation about it at all. Is I would really want to see Naboo. Oh, um, I haven't thought of that. Yeah, be, like I've seen most people say they want to see Tatooine, like they mm -hmm. want to see Ray and Ben end up on Tatooine at like a homestead. And I'm like, yeah. why though? Ray came from Jakku. She deserves a better place to live than Tatooine. <laughs> than another sand planet. <laughs> yeah, sand everywhere. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always thought it would be nice if they ended up on Naboo somehow, or if just like part of the story took place on Naboo because. Um, you know, JJ talked about connecting the entire saga together. So I'm like, where did the saga begin? It, in Phantom Menace, it was on Naboo. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that would be really cool if there was some kind of 
maybe showdown between the resistance and the first order on Naboo. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Bring back the Gungans. Like I said, I'm, I'm telling you, we're getting closer to Darth Jar Jar here. <laughs> the degrees of separation are, are closing. That would be really cool. I think Naboo, because especially too, Kylo's grandmother is from there. That's, that's her home exactly. planet. That's so that reason. would, yeah. So that would actually tie a lot of things together for maybe even Kylo to like through the forest, almost feel like, you know, this place holds some sort of importance in his life. And then that makes it even more impactful. Yeah, I because I actually feel like a mention of Padme and whatever form it takes is equally important to mentioning Anakin and potentially Absolutely. having Anakin show up as a force ghost because Padme, you know, I've said this before, she's not it's not her fault, you know, that all this happened, but she is the reason for it in a way like the Anakin fell because he was trying to save her because he loved her. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for this next generation to know why all of that happened, I think. Yeah, it, it's it really does boil down to Padme and his love, like you said. That's what kickstarted everything. If if Anakin didn't find that love, I don't think he would have fallen to the dark side necessarily. I mean, he mm-hmm. he still probably could have been manipulated that way. But I would love to see like, you know, in Harry, are you you've seen Harry Potter? I'm sure. Like, yes. Okay, perfect. I don't want to spoil it. I mean, it, it's oh, there's also like a 20 year spoiler on it at this point. Maybe not even that much, <laughs> but. Like in the Deathly Hallows, but before Harry goes to to face his death, he is surrounded by all of the ghosts of people that were important to him. Mm-hmm. I would love to see something like that with Kylo. Um, yes, same. In, involving Anakin and Padme, because like you said, Padme is just as important to the story. So I think she. I, I hear a lot of people say like Anakin should be in there. I'm like she's just like she's just as necessary, you know, because she also yeah. gave birth to the twins that then save the galaxy so (laughs) yeah i would love to see that too like the thing that always trips me up on that is like i don't understand what the rules are with force ghosts because Mm -hmm. it keeps it keeps seeming like the rules change yeah um because it they seem to be saying you know you have to have this specific training to be able to return as a force ghost right you know by that definition you know probably be a jedi so if you're not force sensitive probably isn't going to happen um but at the same time, you know, I don't think Anakin got that training, but he can be an exception because he's the chosen one. So <laughs> his midichlorian counts so high, the rules exactly. don't don't bend to him. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, with Harry Potter, there's several things that I've thought about that I would love to see in nine that I'm like, wait, we've seen that in Harry Potter. Like it would be a kind of similar thing, but I think it would be really cool. Yeah, there are so many interesting parallels between the two franchises, to be honest with you, in some ways, in just terms of, like, themes and even, like, prophecies, speaking about, like, the Chosen One. And I keep thinking about the Harry Potter prophecy between Voldemort and Harry in relation to, like, Kylo and Rey. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to read it here, and it says, Either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. I don't know. I mean, I I know that's really saying like one of them has to die. I don't know if that will necessarily be the case. It still could be. I, I hear I keep hearing people think Kylo is going to die, which I don't want that to happen. I actually it, think it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, I feel like they both need to survive because if right. one of them dies, then I feel like it all gets knocked out of out of exactly. balance again. Yeah. And so. I think that's what happened with Vader is because he was meant to live. Yeah. But because he died, it allowed the darkness to fester again. Because yeah. it was unbalanced. Um, 
yeah no there's i mean there's there's a lot that could that could happen in this movie one thing i wanted to ask you about too is your you right here your force ascension theory that you have about ray and ben which i know we're we're, we're just going to go right into the speculation and, and kind of the end game of the skywalker saga we, we really want to dig into what what is the saga telling us what's the story arc and even within each trilogy what does each trilogy tell us and how does that fit into a larger puzzle so did you want to walk us through what your what your ascension theory is yeah so this theory didn't actually like take shape in my mind until I saw the Kevin Smith thing because then it got me thinking like kind of deviating away from something like oh they're gonna fly off in the Falcon or there there's gonna be a wedding on Naboo or something like that <laughs> that might be more expected from a Raylo point of view anyway um and it made me think what's something that would like blow the audience's mind like something we've never seen before in Star Wars particularly not in the films and uh, I think a lot about Mortis all the time from the Clone Wars. It's one of my, it's some of my favorite Star Wars, like including so everything. Good. Yeah, It's so good. <laughs> I think about that a lot. I think about the Yoda arc from the Clone Wars a lot. I, I'm very like into that mystical side of things. And so I'm like, what's well, something really crazy? Because it seems like in the sequel trilogy in particular, we're going that crazier direction where it's like we're seeing force powers that we've never seen before. Yeah. And we're seeing this force bond happen. And I can only assume things are going to escalate in episode nine. So I'm like, what could this last thing be that would like blow everyone's minds? And we're like, what did we just see? Um, and thinking about Mortis, I often look at Ray as the daughter figure and, Ben as the son figure. Uh, if you've seen Mortis, they're kind of the, the daughter is kind of a personification of the light side, and the son is the dark side. There's a father in the middle who's kind of supposed to keep the balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, we have no confirmation of this, but I'm like, what if Anakin is that new father figure? Because in the Mortis arc, he's invited to take the father's place because the father's dying. Um, and Anakin is the chosen one. So he's like, you need to take my place and become the father. And Anakin refuses and he leaves. And we all know what happens after that. Bad stuff happens. Bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what if Anakin has oh, finally, no. after he died, became this new father figure? Um, and Ray and Ben ascend at the end of the movie and they've achieved balance and they become this new son and daughter figure. And so they they ascend to this higher plane of existence. You can think Mortis or the world between worlds if you've seen Rebels. I don't think it would be Mortis because I feel like J.J. would want to create his own thing in the movie. Um, But something in this netherworld of the Force, maybe. Because I was also thinking, you know, how does Ben live at the end of this? Because, yeah, it's a fictional world, but there are still trials for war crimes and all this kind of stuff because people are like is Ben not going to be punished at the end of all this? (laughs) Right. You know, what's going to happen? I'm like, well, that right there is a way to completely avoid that question. (laughs) Yeah. If he's literally not there anymore, he's not dead, but they just are in this other plane. None of those rules apply anymore. So there you go. That's my crazy force (laughs) ascension conspiracy theory. (laughs) You know what? Put, put on the tinfoil hat. It's, it's okay. We're good here. We're going to, we're going to be speculating, you know? And I, I gotta, I also have to plug like your amazing art that you have. Um, it's actually pinned on your, your Twitter. The, the one that won, it's called balance and it got the audience choice for visual arts and best digital art award. 
Yes. I'm correct on that. Yeah. But it showcases. Ra- I, I'm just so blown away by this art. Um, but I, I look at this and I do think of Mortis, and I can see now, like, given how much you do love that arc, I'm like, this makes sense why she drew this because <laughs> yeah. it is very Mortis esque. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. Yeah, it was very Mortis inspired. <laughs> yeah, if if you're all listening, make sure to go check her out on on Twitter. Um, your I think your handle is at uh, Madison underscore Thames. Um, yes. Thames with the H, and I do, you know, we haven't really explored the origins of the force and, and, and the force really does begin with the father, the daughter and, and the son. And I think that would be a really clever way for JJ to wrap it up and melt our minds by, you know, for some of us lore lovers, we would understand the callback to this, but for the general audience, it would really be a mind melting event where it's like, whoa, we've never really explored like where the force came from and what happens. And there's like this whole other plane of existence that you know force users can ascend to and for ray and ben to be just this more than just the hero and the villain in the story but more of kind of like the true balance for the force that they have to give up their ordinary lives in order to save the the galaxy and constantly have that balance because when you think of the end game of the skywalker saga if, if it's ending we're, we're gonna have to assume like things are gonna the 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 natural order of things is going to be okay afterwards you know like mm-hmm. we can't go back into this state of flux where the forest keeps unbalancing and evil keeps festering like yeah there can definitely be more you know wars but in terms of the jedi versus the sith something something's gotta give yeah and if they don't want to tell any more stories with these particular characters that's a way to kind of write them out of the story without like killing them off Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, you know, wanting to just move on and tell completely separate stories moving forward and not dealing with the Skywalkers anymore. Do you think the world between worlds could make an appearance? And I keep hearing this conversation happen. I would absolutely love to see it. I think seeing that in live action. And then if you're talking about Easter eggs between all nine movies, that's the way to do it. Because if you mm-hmm. have Ray and Kylo going into this new dimension, where they are seeing history of the Skywalkers unfold and and the state of the universe. And even maybe some things beyond that, that, that we might see, um, that would be, that would be the place to do it. It's kind of like where they could learn where they fit into the story. And, and the fact that they've always like their, their question and, and their hero's journeys is like, who am I? And it's all about identity. So if they're able to ascend into the world between worlds, that could really help them figure that out along with each other, like having them side by side, plus all this new knowledge that they're being inundated with. Yeah, I mean, I'm confident that something like that is going to happen because of the cover of the Art of the Rise of Skywalker book. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, where we see like them in two different places, but they're reaching across and oh, some, <laughs> somehow making contact. And it's like, this is crazy. Like, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it would look different than the world between worlds that we've seen in like rebels mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think something crazy is going to be happening because I, I think JJ is going to take the force bond to the next level. Um, I mean, they're already at the place where they can been literally crossed into Ray's space. Like he basically teleported <laughs> <laughs> from however far away he was. So I, man, I don't know. 
I'm it just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like they're I fighting. I know. Yeah. It's like they're fighting, but they're in two different places. Like, yeah. who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. And then, like, are they think... having visions while they're fighting and seeing different things around them? Like, I could totally see more visions happening where, like, they're incorporating the rest of the saga. Um, things from the past and maybe that's how they learn is through visions i don't know <laughs> yeah and even are you, so you mean like visions to like a lot of um like illusions probably placed within their minds by possibly palpatine sure but yeah i think they might um i mean that could be a plot point where they're confused as to what's true and what's not because yeah. the force could be showing them things like in the last jedi and then Palpatine could be influencing that and trying to corrupt it. Like Snoke tried to kind of uh, hijack the force bond. Palpatine could kind of do the same thing. Um, right. Because I think Palpatine, you know, played a huge part in influencing Anakin's dreams. And maybe Palpatine gave him that vision of Padme yeah. dying and started the whole thing. So, um, maybe Palpatine could be messing with Ben in that way and showing him something that's misleading. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's. And even when you think about back to the force awakens, when Leia mentions how Snoke invaded Kylo's mind, we've, we've already had that seed planted where we, we understand that darkness can fester in the mind and alter one's own perception of their reality. Mm-hmm. And when you think, of, when you think of the, the Rashomon effect and, and the last Jedi, Kylo, when he told Rey that story, he wasn't lying. That's how he saw those events. Yeah. He saw Luke, like, thinking he was going to kill him, even though Luke wasn't going to. But that's how Kyle or Kylo interpreted it. And I think yeah. that also has a lot to do with whatever Snoke was doing within his mind. And I think Palpatine's going to prey on that weakness, just like he preyed on Anakin's weakness for, for Padme. He's going to prey on his weakness for Rey, because he definitely has a soft spot for her, that's for mm-hmm. sure. You don't look at somebody and start crying and touch their hand in a little hut if you don't you, have a soft spot for them. I'm sorry. Like, look, <laughs> you don't look at your sibling that way. You don't look at your cousin that way. It's just, no. <laughs> I mean, unless you're Luke and Leia and the Empire Strikes Back, you might. Yeah, when try he's to in the chair. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I still have um, a very big question that I think has to be answered in episode nine. Yeah. And that is, who has Ben been talking to? Because... Um, what's so important to remember is that in The Force Awakens, when he's talking to Vader's helmet, yes. he, he says, show me again the power of the darkness. And I'm like, what has it shown him before? Who is he talking to? Like, oh is God. it Snoke and the helmet's going to go silent? Or was it Palpatine? Because um, I can't remember. I think it was a Disney marketing meeting of several months back. And there was a clip that was shown from episode nine where he's talking to Vader's helmet again, or at <gasps> least looking at it or something. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay, so are we going to discover that it was Palpatine this whole time? Or is he going to be trying to get answers and the helmet has gone silent? I'm so curious to see that. God. Oh, no. I know. (laughs) I don't know if I heard this. Okay, I'm going to credit them because I feel like I might have heard it there. I'm not 100% certain. But I remember listening to an episode of Resistance Broadcast. I think they talked about this. I don't know if this is what I thought of afterwards, but... There had been talk of possibly when Palpatine was electrocuting uh, Luke and Vader picks him up, like whatever is happening in that moment when Vader is getting electrocuted, like that's somehow involved with, and when he falls down the shaft and the thing blows up in Vader's face while he's leaning over the railing, like that's somehow Palpatine's spirit yeah. uh, going into 
Vader or maybe even like Vader's armor or something so that like when Kylo picks up the helmet, his spirit or force spirit is contained within there. And then I just saw recently too, in the book of Sith, there is this idea that um, one can transform themselves into a younger, more stronger self, like take yeah. their force spirit and possess somebody. And I think we will see some sort of force possession possibly with Palpatine, which could make the mm-hmm. battle between Rey and, and Kylo even more dramatic and more tense because she's not only having to fight Palpatine, but she's also having to sa- save Kylo simultaneously without having to kill him. Yeah. Oh, God. But I think, you, I think you're right, though. I think I think Vader's helmet... You gotta you got bring it back at some point, you know? Um, That's... It was so interesting. Yeah, I mean, Palpatine... I have so many questions about Palpatine. Like, where is he right now? Where did he come from? Like... Because I, I have theories about, like, the Knights of Ren going out into the beyond, like, deep into the unknown regions. Do they find him out there and bring him back somehow? Like, someone mm-hmm. who has been possessed by him? Or was he in the helmet this whole time? Like, uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's craziness. Ugh. Well, speaking more on the idea of, of, of Vader, even, uh, we rewrote some notes in here about... Uh, vader and the idea of, of resurrection and rebirth and also some places that represent those ideals and and how that could play into again the you know the skywalker at law or skywalker saga at large so you know did you want to talk a little bit about uh mustafar in relation to to those ideas because i know i haven't actually played vader immortal so i i, I feel like you might be a little more versed on that yeah, I mean, I have not played it either, but I've seen a lot of talk about it recently on mm-hmm. Twitter, and I have since resolved, like, I'm going to watch all of these episodes. I don't, yeah. personally, <laughs> I don't have, like, a VR system and all that to play it on, but I'm going to watch it because I, I'm i one of those people who I think that, like, everything comes out at a certain time for a reason, mm-hmm. and so I look with a great suspicion at everything that's coming out before episode nine. Like, okay, why is this coming out right now? <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, and talking about that art of the rise of Skywalker book again, like on the cover, it looks like Ray is in possibly a volcanic environment. So a lot of people were instantly like Mustafar, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, it could just be a place on fire, but we can hope, right? Mustafar. Um, so yeah, Vader immortal. There's, Vader's castle which you see in Rogue One and he goes there and he builds I think nine castles before he gets it to um, where it's like satisfactory for the ritual he wants to try to um, enact to try to bring Padme back from the dead again Padme Mm -hmm. coming back into this and and, um, Moose we discover in Vader Immortal was actually once a living planet and it became this volcanic like underworld place when a woman tried to resurrect the man she was in love with and it destroyed the planet it's now this dead planet so again you've got love here you've got like resurrection going on here on this planet um and so again when i was thinking about all the mind melting scenes at the end i'm like okay uh i don't think this could be like the last shot in the movie but i started thinking wouldn't it be cool if ben like has his redeeming moment on Mustafar and we see the planet be healed and it's like a metaphor for Ben's soul healing I just thought that would be so cool oh I didn't think of that that'd be kind of interesting because it so what was it like a forest planet before then or 
Um, what kind I've of seen like some, some images, like because it's uh, in Vader Immortal, you see it in kind of like a vision kind of format, so you don't get like clear gameplay of oh, the okay. planet what it was like before. But it looked like green, foresty, a much nicer place. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Mustafar, you know, in the films, especially in Revenge of the Sith, is like a mirror of Anakin's soul, and it's showing um, because I mean, yes, he gets the name of Darth Vader uh, in uh, Palpatine's office, but he really becomes Vader on Mustafar. That's when he has his major transformation. Right. Um, so I thought that would be a cool parallel if that's where Ben has his transformation and where we see kind of the damage, you know burned death state that Anakin's soul is in and Revenge of the Sith to see it be healed um, in episode 9 would just be amazing because I very much look at Ben's story as like a continuation of Anakin's story and again finishing what he started <laughs> yeah yeah and again we're trying to wrap up all nine movies so you have to you have to allow the movie to be its own thing but then you, you also need to harken back to some of those old themes and those places even Mm-hmm. Um, cause Anakin is, is, is the central story or what was the central story for so long until we got these new set of characters. So he hasn't really been mentioned at all besides by the name of Darth Vader, uh, which I find fairly surprising too, considering that he was redeemed and returned the Jedi. You would have thought maybe he would be mentioned a little more by his, uh, his real or his real name beneath the mask. Yeah. And I mean, the, the reason why we are where we are in the story is because of Anakin, because Everything changed for Leia when the galaxy found out that she's Darth Vader's daughter. Everyone turned against her, and she's basically kicked out of the Senate, and that's when she starts building the resistance because no one wants to listen to her anymore about her warnings about the First Order. And Ben, largely his change into Kylo Ren, a triggering event for that was when he found out out of nowhere that, hey, Darth Vader's your grandfather, like... Your parents didn't tell you. Your Uncle Luke didn't tell you your entire life for, like, what, 20-something years? And you just find out on the news one night that Darth Vader's your grandfather and nobody told you. I mean, that would totally... So much concealment. Yeah, that would wreck your life. (laughs) Everybody needs to stop keeping secrets in the Star Wars universe. I know. The Skywalkers have a major problem with that. (laughs) God. It's like even the reason Anakin fell to the dark side was because of secrecy and even thinking like exactly when he tells them, hey, Palpatine's a Sith Lord, can I come with you? And they're like, no, you can't. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you're going to now keep the secret from him. And then he comes in at the worst possible time ever when it looks like Palpatine's so defenseless and helpless. You'll need my help if you're going to arrest her. For your own good, stay out of this affair. I sense a great deal of confusion in you, young Skywalker. There is much fear that clouds your judgment. I must go, Master. No. If what you've told me is true, you will have gained my trust. But for now, remain here. I even wonder if something like that could happen in this movie, considering that neither of the characters really know who Palpatine is. I mean, maybe they've heard the stories. I'm sure actually Rey has. Yeah, because Rey, I mean, Rey's talked to to Luke in The Last Jedi about it. Um, But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I think with... The idea of like resurrection and rebirth, though, is is so strongly tied to Star Wars because when you think of, you know, resurrect resurrection would mean more of I, I think of it more as like change, even not necessarily like dying and then coming back to life, but like with Anakin or with Anakin, he was resurrected as Darth Vader. With mm-hmm. uh, Kylo, he was I guess you could say he was rebirthed into Kylo Ren. 
somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of like the way to word to play with these words in the in the context of Star Wars. But um, I even think of the word rise too as like almost very similar to those those two ideas as well. And I, I said this previously on another episode, but I think the rise in the rise of Skywalker's is really not necessarily like about a, a group of, of force sensitive people who are going to be called Skywalkers, which I think is still a really, really good idea. But I think it has a more symbolic meaning of the Skywalkers will finally rise or like mm-hmm. be resurrected and have this new reputation that they're not always the ones causing the imbalance. Like they finally rose above it. I and... love the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I'm yeah. That was pretty much it. <laughs> okay. I love the Phoenix imagery in regards to the Skywalkers. Um, because I mean the Phoenix, they call it the starboard, I think, but it's the symbol of the rebellion first and now the resistance. And, uh, Ben was pretty much conceived out of the ashes of Vader because there's two conflicting accounts, but Ben was either conceived on indoor, like literally that night or on the Falcon shortly after. And I'm like, okay, so he's literally born out of the ashes of Vader. Right. Right. Um, I think that's so cool. I I love that uh, comic cover that was revealed recently. It's the Kylo Ren one shot that's going to be coming out in October or September. And you've got Vader's helmet behind him and fire. And it's very Phoenix-like. Again, the imagery. I always think that's so cool in relation to the Skywalkers. Girls with Sabres did a great video about Ben Solo and Phoenix imagery. So go check that out if you haven't seen it. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that's the 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 uh the phoenix is a very powerful symbol um but i i do think yeah kylo's got to be redeemed in this movie i feel like it just does it makes sense for the story and thinking about more of the end game of 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 the skywalker saga like it doesn't make sense for the galaxy to continue following this path of like turns a dark side comes back to light dies turns a dark side turns back to light dies like it's just yeah to keep being this endless cycle so if ben solo can finally be the one that is able to um come back to the light not as a last ditch effort but as a, a proactive choice to be a better person and to go back to the light then i think that's when the balance will be restored and i feel like Lucasfilm in regards to the title The Rise of Skywalker they're like in case you didn't get it we're gonna call this uh, prequel Kylo Ren comic The Rise of Kylo Ren (laughs) (laughs) I could not believe my eyes I know I was like what they they did that (laughs) yeah and thinking about the titles even we we speculate so much about what they mean and then they literally generally they just they just end up being the most like obvious pretty thing. self-explanatory you yeah. know like return of the jedi the jedi anakin returned <laughs> the empire mm-hmm. strikes back a new hope is luke the last jedi um was just a, a part of a line uttered by luke saying i will not be the last jedi um and then this is like the rise of skywalker but i was like oh is ray the skywalker it's like no it's just ben solo he's going yeah. to rise <laughs> i mean not to, <laughs> going to be say, resurrected like, like i think it's gonna have more than just you know ben is redeemed i think it's gonna be yeah. more than that i think it's kind of like saying the rise of skywalker as in the family as a whole yeah. rising yeah. up to finally defeat palpatine break the wheel yeah break the cycle yeah, and looking at the overarching theme of, of the entire saga, you could almost call it a battle, like you were just saying, the battle between the Skywalkers and Palpatine. Yeah. It's like pure good versus pure evil. 
and pure good from the Skywalker perspective has always been the downfall for them because it's been preyed upon by darkness. Like Anakin had pure good in his heart. He wanted to free the slaves. He wanted to save his mother. He wanted to just protect his, his the love of his life that he couldn't take his eyes off of and that he couldn't go against, even though the Jedi code told him he, he couldn't take up a, um, a love and the pure good in Luke to always see the best in his dad and eventually bring him back to the light side. So they, they just have like the purest of hearts, I feel like. And that's why I don't think Kylo is too far gone because he is a Skywalker and the Skywalkers have shown there's always a part of them that is still their pure selves. And it's yeah. just the result of Palpatine this entire, these entire nine movies that has, has turned that bad and soured it. And Solo, too. I feel like Han has to be a big part of it. And again, I think things come out when they do for a reason. We had Solo come out, you know, between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine, And I, I don't think that was an accident mm. where they're showing as he has this heart of gold. You know, they're, they, he, they've they got him with the dice the whole movie, you know, passing them back <sighs> oh, and forth so between. Right. Yeah, passing them back and forth between him and his lover, Kira. I'm like, OK, that's no accident. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. What does Kira tell him near the end of the movie? She's like, you're the good guy. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> They're setting his, it up. <laughs> yeah, he's got his father's heart in him oh, coming yeah. back. <laughs> Do you think that they'll resolve the Kylo and Han story at all in some way? Because it definitely is a little bit unresolved. You know? I think because they have to. You know, if he's redeemed, we have to. We can't just forget like, oh, I'm redeemed now. My father's not here anymore. Yay. Like They have to somehow have kylo still dealing with that like i'm good now but like what have i done like what's the path that i blazed along the way mm -hmm. yeah i mean we i think one of the most major reasons for why ben needs to be redeemed is because of han's sacrifice because if he's not redeemed then what was han's sacrifice for it makes it pointless and mm -hmm. han's too important of a character to make his death be in vain like that because we have you know han sacrificing himself for ben and Luke doing that in a way, like, yeah, he was trying to help the Resistance escape and was serving as that distraction, but he was also going back to apologize to Ben and let Ben take out all that anger towards him in a way without actually being able to kill him in a healthier way, I guess you could say. So we have the main characters from the original trilogy all contributing to bring this last Skywalker back to the light. So, I mean... That's why to me, like redemption has to be in the cards. Otherwise it's like, okay, so it was all for nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason and you have to, you have to have a purpose behind these story events. And that's why I think people are so quick to judge. Like some people who don't like the sequel trilogy are so quick to judge every little action that happens. I'm like, you don't know how it all fits together. Like once mm -hmm. you see the entire trilogy, then judge it. But we don't know like, where everything fits together just yet i think it's a bit more complicated now because they were clearly setting this up to be leia's movie like the force awakens was very much like han's movie the last jedi was luke's and this was going to be leia's movie but mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot harder now that carrie's not with us to kind of do whatever they had in mind so i i hope they were able to find a way to um give her that time with ben that the other two got to have because I think that mother-son bond is the most important because when Ben tried to, well, he did kill his father and tried to kill Luke, he could never pull the trigger on Leia. So 
There's something what, what, special about that yeah. relationship. When you when you think back to him saying like I'll finish what you started, I know there's obviously a lot of different ways that it could go, but what do you what do you see as what what was what was it that Vader started and and could we end up going the route of like a more good version of what Vader started rather than what we think could be the bad version? Yeah, obviously in the moment I know he's talking about Vader and he's probably saying you know. I'll wipe out the last Jedi and, you know, finish that extermination of the Jedi order that you started. Um, in terms of what I think it's actually going to end up meaning, uh, the most obvious answer is finally bringing down Palpatine because that's what Anakin yeah. tried to do as his last act and it didn't work. <laughs> mm -hmm. So he's going to finish what he started in terms of getting rid of Palpatine finally. Um, but I also think about it in terms of the, the overarching love story, too, because Anakin never got to have his happy ending with Padme. It ended in tragedy. So I look at Ben and Ray very much as a continuation of Anakin and Padme's story and uh, f fixing where it went wrong, basically, like seeing what happened before and learning from the past and figuring out how to do it right this time. Um, and on even a grander scale this time because Rey's a Jedi they can and they are these kind of personifications of light and dark they can bring balance to the force when you think too I love the point you just brought up of of them looking like a continuation of Anakin and Padme I think to the line of Anakin when he's he chokes out Padme and he says you've turned her against me and Obi-Wan said you've done that yourself and I'm like that's exactly what Kylo is doing right now with Rey because Kyla pretty much has Ray's unabiding attention and he's the one that's turning her against him. Like his yeah. actions alone. It's nothing like, it's not like she sets out and I mean, yeah, she thinks he's a monster, but there's still a part of her that believes in him and he is doing everything to make her not like him anymore or to not want to be by his side. And you yeah. see that like in the last Jedi when she's like, don't do this, Ben, you know, like don't go down the path. I can't follow. Um, Although, is that a... That's a Padme line, right? Yes. Okay, for some reason, I thought that was from Sam from Lord of the Rings. Although, I think he also <laughs> says that in The Return of the King. He does say, um, don't go where I can't follow when he thinks Frodo's okay, so... dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Don't leave me here alone. Don't go where I can't follow. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. You're going down a path I can't follow. Rule together and bring a new order to the galaxy. Don't do this, Ben. Please don't go this way. No, no, you're still holding on. Let go. So that's a yep. really good. That is a as a prominent theme. Like, don't go down these paths I can't follow because, you know, I'm with you. Just don't. I mean, don't go too far gone. And I think he's going to start to see the results of his actions, even in the during the year period that we have between Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. I don't yeah. think we're going to I don't think we're going to find ourselves at the beginning of this movie with a fully evil Kylo. It's still going to be a very tormented, very conflicted Kylo Ren who's still still feeling the pull to the light because the last year just not has not gone how he seems it would have been. Although something that's really interesting to me in The Last Jedi is how the saber split between the two of them. It didn't just go to Rey like it did at the end of The Force Awakens. So um I look at that as the force saying, okay, now it's not just him being totally in the wrong and you're totally in the right. Now the forces, uh, or not the force, but the lightsaber's allegiance was torn. And I always thought that was so interesting because 
I think that Ray at that point is still very much looking at things in a very black and white point of view. And like looking at episode nine, I think it's more obvious in terms of like what the journey is that we think Ben needs to go on. We know he needs to be redeemed. We know he needs to accept the legacy of his family and all of that. But what is Ray's journey going to be? Because she can't just mm-hmm. be a, a static character. Like, okay, now she knows everything. She's a perfect Jedi. There's no flaws left. You know, we know that can't be it. So I think she, there's still got to be some lesson for Ray to learn about. Um, I think maybe what she was expecting of him was too much um, because she doesn't have full context for everything he's been through. And mm-hmm. she kind of just expected him to do a 180 there in the throne room. Like, okay, Snoke's dead. Everything's fine. Now you can come back to the resistance with me. Like, no, right. I can't. a little naive almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how Luke um, says, he's like, this is not going to go the way you think. Like I, I went down the same path. I thought I could do the same with my dad. Yeah. I, yeah, I think she was kind of expecting like him to totally like go of Kylo and just be Ben because Ben's what she wants. But I think maybe part of her journey in episode nine will be learning to accept Kylo as part of Ben because Kylo's not a separate person. He's just part of Ben. He's the darker part of Ben. And I think part of her journey in nine will be learning to accept both parts of him. Mm-hmm. Ah, they're just so closely intertwined. I just don't get how you can't see it. Or uh, not you in particular, just people like yeah. who say like, oh, they they're not blah 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 blah. I'm like, how do you not ship this? Even in like, not even if it's just like a romantic sense, but even just a connection, an emotional connection, and like a storytelling perspective too. Like they're just so closely intertwined with each other. It's it's insane. Yeah, and a lot of people seem to think like, oh, Kylo has a creepy crush on Ray, but she doesn't like him. And I'm kind of sitting over here like, okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> As a woman, right, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, how can you miss that she's totally falling for this guy? Because, yeah, she hates him at first, but then the hand touch scene happens in the hut. And if you read the novel, it's a bit more clear about, like, what Ray's thinking in that scene. And it's like, oh, she wanted to touch his hair. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, real platonic. Um, And then right after that, she, like, beats up Luke for interrupting. And <laughs> then she proceeds to ship herself to him in a box. <laughs> and i'm like it's pretty obvious i think what's going on here like it's not just like her trying to bring him back to the resistance as a weapon like yeah she does think about that a little bit in terms of like oh this can be the way we win the war but she's got more personal motives involved too yeah i think she's also even trying to carry out what han solo tried to finish and it's like i owe my life to han solo because he basically got me off that rock of jakku I would have just gone back if we hadn't been intercepted and gotten the ship taken into that giant freighter that he was running. But um, it's like, you know, I I saw how much he meant to me as a father figure, but also like how much his son meant to him and the tragedy in his eyes that you could see when he talks about, you know, the rogue Jedi that went and destroyed the whole temple for Luke and um, his son. And and just like, I think she wants to carry out that mission for even Leia too. Um, Yeah beyond just like you know her her uh connection to kylo so thinking back to like the end game of the skywalker saga so we we clearly see you know anakin and luke were obviously the predominant figures of the prequel and and original trilogy we're going to be left off in this in the sequel trilogy with kylo and and ray somehow solving this balance problem that we've always had what do you think from your perspective uh in the 
the special world is what you could refer to as, you know, what the hero's journey, uh, where the hero's journey takes place. And the ordinary world is like, you know, when the hero's journey is not taking place. So what do you think Kylo and Ray are going to learn in that special world? And what are they going to, how is that going to affect the ordinary world once the Skywalker saga wraps up? One thing that's very important for me that they address is improving the Jedi order going forward because Mm -hmm. the Jedi and the prequels were just, terrible so dumb they were so dumb they were basically telling everyone don't don't feel anything don't like have like have compassion for life but don't get attached to anything you know um it was very much a robotic approach to everything and it did not work out in the end because i mean first of all it's just anti-human basically to tell somebody like um okay, so you're not allowed to fall in love and have a family and all this stuff. You have to be above all that. You have to be completely removed from it. And I don't know, that's just not how humans operate. We're made to have relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships. And they basically forbade that. Even with masters and apprentices, they're like, don't get too attached. So we see how that all went wrong with Anakin and how that contributed to his fall. So that's very much why I want to see love be the redeeming factor in the sequel trilogy instead of the condemning factor like it was in the prequels. So I really want to see a different Jedi Order moving forward that has very different (laughs) rules and um, traditions than the prequel Jedi Order. And I think Ben and Rey, especially if they end up together, will see those things differently and improve upon what came before. I think to the line, what you're saying of, of Yoda and Insidious when they're fighting and Sidious says, Your arrogance blinds you, Master Yoda. And that's just so spot on. Like, he's so evil, but he's so right. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Jedi's arrogance caused everything. The Jedi are romanticized, deified. But if you strip away the myth and look at their deeds, <laughs> the legacy of the Jedi is failure hypocrisy hubris that's not true at the height of their powers they allowed Darth Sidious to rise create the Empire and wipe them out it was a Jedi master who was responsible for the training and creation of Darth Vader they were just so focused on the wrong thing and it's so adamant that you can't dabble in the dark side at all and even in like a, a, a book like Ma- uh, Dark Disciple we see a lot of the the graying between the dark side and the light and kind of embracing a little bit of both and that's actually a good thing for that book because it ends up you know I mean, I don't want to really want to spoil it, but it's it's a very prominent theme in that book and is critical to the story. The fact that you can, again, dabble in both, but not you. you it's not like you can't ever explore the other side. And even in Dooku Jedi Lost, which Dooku is a, a huge character, I think that to look to 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 see that because he wasn't blind. He wasn't stupid like the rest of the Jedi. He was like, hey, Obi-Wan, guess what? The There's a Darth Sidious and he's running your Senate. And Obi-Wan's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, what? You can like, stop everything. What would have happened if he had actually listened? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, what and if? the crazy thing too is like, what if Qui-Gon had lived? That's my other question is what yeah. would have happened? Because he would have probably joined Dooku, brought Obi-Wan with him. And they probably could have taken down Sidious right initially. I, I actually don't think Qui-Gon would have joined Dooku. I think at that point, he would have seen through what Dooku was doing uh-huh. and would have been like, hey, I don't want to be a part of this. I feel like Qui-Gon would have tried to warn the council and probably would have gone unheard. <laughs> yeah. You know, because <laughs> Mace, and, 
you know, Padme's trying to tell the council, like, I think Dooku's behind this. I think Dooku's trying to kill me. And, you know, Mace Windu's like, that's not in his character. And we're all like, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, what do you guys even know? You just sit in the chair and then test people's knowledge of if they can guess if there's a cup or a ship on the little tablet. Exactly. Come on. Worst test ever. (laughs) That's not helping anybody. (laughs) (laughs) The boy will not pass the council's test master. A ship? A cup. A ship. A speeder. Get this man shit. So when you're looking at balance too in general, that's huge theme of the Skywalker saga is is the galaxy has always been in a state of imbalance. So throughout the timeline of the Skywalker saga, um, we see balance. We well we see. Uh, we see Palpatine, who is the imbalance. He is the the Sith Lord that comes back, and none of the Jedi believe the Sith are back. Again, another example of their arrogance is like this could never happen. Mm-hmm. We are perfect. It's a perfect society, and that allows all of this to happen unnoticed in the background. So, and and you know, even Yoda at some points, I feel like feels the imbalance, but he I don't know why he doesn't really necessarily act on it because I know he says the future is always in motion. Yeah. Um, you can't really be certain of those things, but at the same time, it's like you also have to like acknowledge those visions and those prophecies, which is a, really a big concept explored in Master and Apprentice is the idea of prophecies and that they're really what you make of them. But um, we, we see, I guess, the Force kind of rebalance with Anakin a little bit, but it's still not truly balanced. And then the Force reawakens literally because the galaxy and the, and the cosmic force is saying like things aren't right still it's not where it needs to be and palpatine's still in the background doing dirty work and we need ray to come forward and and discover her powers and i think that's why it calls to her and i think that's why things set in motion the way they do um what is balance going to look like after this trilogy or after this trilogy in the saga that's the question isn't it i i, <laughs> I still don't have a concrete answer in my mind of what balance means on the cosmic scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have come to the conclusion that it's not like, because I think a lot of people think it means we need to have the Jedi and the Sith equally in power, like one not uh, being more powerful or more prevalent than the other one. And I, I don't think that's what it is at all. I think, um, I think I look at it on an individual basis, like finding balance within yourself. And Ben hasn't found that balance in himself. And thus he's throwing the force out of balance because he is a, he's an instrument of the cosmic force, you know, like his family is. Um, I think it's in the last Jedi novelization. If Maybe I'm wrong about that, but somewhere it talks about how the Skywalker family is kind of an instrument of the cosmic force and they've been chosen um, so they have this ability to throw the force out of balance based on what they're doing. And so because Ben is in balance, the force is out of balance. And Ray was kind of, in my mind, she was brought into the picture to help, um, balance that out and be the light side to the dark side, because it's interesting. I mean, she was born 10 years after Ben. So it's kind of like right around when he started. Um, I mean, he was still, he probably hadn't even gone to train with Luke at this point, but his darkness and his struggle is really starting to manifest and boom, Ray appears. I just mm-hmm. think that's so interesting. Um, it's very so, parallel to Anakin too, because 
Palpatine's starting to turn pretty bad and he's starting to set things in the motion for uh, politically yeah. to become the Supreme Chancellor. And that's when Anakin's born, just about. Yeah. And he's I, brought in to, to fight that. Yeah, that that's why I think the, the Force is totally behind that. And it's like, okay, we need this to balance this out. So we see the Force trying to balance itself. And I think that balance i guess on the cosmic scale ray and ben are going to be used as those instruments to bring it on a universal scale by ending the war between the resistance and the first order and finding out how to move forward and coexist i don't know exactly what that's going to look like but uh i definitely know that ben has to find that balance in himself to in order for them to be able to work together to find the answer on a larger scale do you think we could continue the cycle? And I know this is very speculative, but could the force again be in balance at some point where, you know, it calls forward a new Jedi or even maybe bring back Ray or, um, I, I think it'd probably be a new set of characters, but it, is it, would it really be the final balance? You think? I think for a long time after this, and by that, I mean, probably like 10 years. That's just my guess. I feel like they're going to go backwards. Um, I, I personally really want to see some old Republic stories and at least one of these new trilogies we're about to mm -hmm. get. Um, you can I, explore I don't... so much lore in those. Yes. Yeah. I want to uh. see that so bad. Um, I feel like for a while they're probably going to avoid moving forward. Like maybe Ryan's trilogy goes off somewhere else in the modern times if you will like maybe it's before the force awakens or it's during that like sequel trilogy time period but somewhere else in another galaxy i mean who knows but yeah i think they're gonna avoid that for a little while of like moving forward and they're probably gonna go backwards is my guess so we talked a little bit about secrecy and a, a word that pops into my mind is clarity and i think that's also what could contribute to the force being balanced is clarity like no more of this like cloud that hangs over everybody mm -hmm. it's like the sun is shining the ray of light literally lol yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> is shining upon the galaxy and is is revealing all the truths something you brought up earlier too is you're always questioning if this is being announced for this movie right now why you know there's a reason for it um something i don't know is being talked enough about is force collector and uh, I don't know if this has actually been brought to anybody's attention or talked about. I have a feeling Ray is ha has a power to touch objects and and it doesn't even have to do with just the saber itself. I think it could be anything potentially. Um, I think that's why, even though the saber calls to her, she's seeing the past and the visions that go along with that particular saber, wh whoever's touched that saber, um, the way she does. I think she's going to contain that same power as the Force Collector, and I think even possibly Kylo could, and I think that's why when they touch hands, maybe, they're able to see each other's past so clearly, just as clearly as I see you right now, as she tells Kylo. Oh my gosh, what if that's why he, he sees or hears things when he touches Vader's helmet or something? Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what if you finally have these two Force-sensitive beings who are able to like have this power, and that's why the Force can be balanced, is because they can kind of see all or they can kind of know the truths and they, they, they don't have to be completely arrogant like the and, and blind like the Jedi were, but they also don't have to be like full dark side and villainous like Palpatine. They can be right in the middle where they are they're more objective and they're not driven by emotion, um, but they also feel for each other 
and they and they're they're connected and they're intertwined what do you what do you think of that because i had actually just thought about this like 10 minutes before we got on air and i was like oh my god that's why force collector's coming out (laughs) this actually makes me think of something very similar to that have you seen the like random enamel pins i think they were that like we saw an image of a while back and it's for the rise of skywalker and it has ray and kylo dueling on it um and they're he, he's wearing the mask it's very much like the vanity fair image where they're facing off on the death star but um he has the mask on and it looks like they're standing and maybe it's just the design but it looks like they're standing in some kind of doorway and it made me think of uh rebels again with the world between worlds I was thinking about how when Ezra was opening and closing the entrance to the Jedi Temple, um, he had to use the light side and the dark side. And I started thinking, what if they need to get in somewhere, but they can't do it by themselves, oh. like a, an ancient temple or something? And I think it was the light side that opened it. So, like, what if they need Ray to open it and they need Ben to close it on the way out? Like, I thought that would be so cool if they had to work together in order to get to whatever they're looking for, whatever knowledge or power, whatever it is. Oh, that'd be pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Especially, like, maybe trying to go into the Death Star. Maybe there's some Sith booby traps in there that Palpatine set up. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe. And he's like, only, you can only find me if you both come together, and when you both come together, you're just giving me more uh, more pure uh, Jedi to feed on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, And possess maybe get a younger body yeah i mean maybe and maybe that's what's happening on the art of the rise of skywalker cover are they fighting or are they opening a doorway we don't know (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i don't uh, there's just so much to do i i i'm like how does this movie even happen the way it's going to happen and i just want to stay in this period of time where it's like we don't know the answers because i know as soon as we do i'm just not going to be able to handle it yeah, um, it, it's weird because it needs to be like, like four hours too. Oh yeah, I'm really hoping for a three-hour movie so <laughs> bad. I'm like, if Endgame can be three hours, like we can make Episode Nine three hours, okay? <laughs> I, I feel like we got to be getting the runtime relatively soon. Maybe, maybe like D23, we'll get some announcements of what how long the movie is. I don't know. I don't know really, when that usually comes out. Really want D23 to get here. So like, I know like when we got the behind-the-scenes reel for the Last Jedi, it was still very misleading in a lot of ways a lot of what we saw wasn't actually in the movie but man i just want something you know (laughs) the community is gonna go crazy there's oh yeah like every (laughs) microsecond will be analyzed (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you think they're gutsy enough to release palpatine in the behind the scenes reel reel i don't think so my my whole theory about Palpatine is that he's going to be possessing someone. I think it's going to be Matt Smith personally. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're being so secretive about him. Um, my thinking is we, I don't think we're going to see in McDermott unless it's in um, a vision of some sorts or yeah. in this nether world of the force where he's a spirit still, but we can see him take that form of, you know, what he looked like before. Instead of, uh, because I think his body is gone. I think we're only going to see him physically inhabiting other bodies, you know. But if mm-hmm. it's in like a netherworld kind of region or a vision or something, I think we could see in McDermott there, which of course would be very spoilery. So I don't think they'll show anything with him. Yeah, because then that opens the door too much of like how what's going to happen if you show him. It like narrows too many possibilities down. Mm-hmm. 
That's my that's my conspiracy theory for why Ian McDermott at uh, <laughs> Celebration was kind of like, okay, don't get too excited, like tame your expectations. And I'm like, yeah, because he's gonna be in like one or two scenes probably, and the rest of it will yeah. be like Matt Smith playing Palpatine. <laughs> oh god, I like Matt Smith so much though. He's my favorite Doctor. Oh, I've I actually to be evil. Yeah, I've never watched Doctor Who actually, but. So I haven't like seen Matt Smith in anything, but just from what I've seen of him, I'm like, I feel like he could do a good job. He just looks like he could be a good Palpatine. Oh yeah. He's amazing. He's a, he, yeah, he's so good in Doctor Who. And I'm, I'm like, he can definitely do the villainous role. So I'm excited to see if that is the case. Um, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he does look really similar, like to, to Ian McDermott too, like a yeah. younger version, which I think it goes back to that book of the Sith thing where they're talking about, uh, Sith inhabiting a, a younger, stronger body, and mm-hmm. that's probably what Palpatine's goal is right now. He's like Voldemort, pretty much. He's weak. He's weakened. He's not fully gone, but he's just gonna, you know, pop himself back onto the head of of uh, <laughs> of Matt Smith. So yeah. Matt Smith takes off his uh, hat. <laughs> it sounds like, so hey, weird. Surprise. We, we just have to talk about Matt Smith like he's a character because we don't have his character's name yet. So it's just like, yeah, Matt Smith is now Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith, Smith as Matt Smith in yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> exactly. Matt Smith's like, what am I doing here? I'm an actor. <laughs> I don't know where I am right now. Yeah. So, did you have any other thoughts of in, in terms of the end game? I feel like we talked we talked about the end game, but it mostly just turned into speculation, which I purely love. Um, but also, it talks a lot about how the i guess what the end game is of the skywalker saga there's so much speculation to do i'm like oh god i can't handle it it's yeah. so good though i feel like we've mostly covered everything i have like thoughts on possibly a final confrontation if you want to talk about that but like let's... post all of that i feel like we've covered pretty much everything yeah let's do it let's talk about whatever it's the show we'll just do it okay so going off of the Palpatine possession theories, and I mentioned the Yoda arc earlier from the Clone Wars, and uh, when I was thinking about that recently, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if like the final battle was different? Like if Ben gets possessed, I would love to see him like beat Palpatine and like expel Palpatine from him because that would just be the ultimate like what Anakin never got to do like Anakin succumbed to that influence for so many years it would be awesome to see Ben like push him out like again talking about Harry Potter um that scene in Order of the Phoenix near the end when Harry gets possessed by Voldemort and he thinks about his friends and Sirius and all that and he's able to expel Voldemort from his body like I want to see Ben do something like that um and if they took it to the next level where again, like we see inside his soul basically and like how Yoda confronted his shadow in the Clone Wars, we see like a fight between Ben and Sidious in that format. Like it could be really cool. I either would love to see it like that way where Sidious is representing Ben's shadow or Ben faces off against Kylo Ren as his shadow. That would just be awesome. Are you telling me Kylo is a horcrux for for, for, uh, Sidious? He's got to like cast his shadow off of him? Man, I hope not. But I mean, I'd be okay with it as long as he survives. (laughs) (laughs) I love that idea of a more meta world fight where it's like inside his soul happening. Yeah, and Ray is really just bearing witness to kind of this like really terrifying possession of Kylo. 
Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really know what the result's going to be, but we're inside his his soul watching it unfold. Yeah. It's a lot of like dramatic irony, I guess you could I call it. I feel like it could start with something more traditional like Ray and Ben fight Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with lightsabers and force powers, but then it yeah. turns into something a lot more spiritual where maybe like when he, if he fights Sidious in this kind of environment, maybe they don't even have lightsabers. Maybe it's more of like a magic kind of battle like they could get really crazy with it and i I still i i think too i think kylo deserves his own force vision kind of like what ray had in the force awakens and what you're talking about with with sidious and kylo that could happen more if if not like in the real world within his own mind um or his soul kind of and that could allow palpatine to like show images of old characters like again anakin or padme to um pull at kylo's heartstrings but for the worst intentions yeah and and show him things that could really get to him um you know showing even like vader turning to darth vader and you can incorporate so many different sound effects to tell the story just with the sound alone rather than the visuals it could be really brilliant same with yoda like you're talking about um in the clone wars arc how he how he has those all those clouds forming around him and he sees all the visions of what's to come like with kit fisto dying and the order 66 and Palpatine lighting his lightsaber up, like all that stuff could happen with Kylo. Yeah. And honestly, with the introduction of flashbacks in the last Jedi, I I would be shocked if there's no flashbacks in episode nine, I think we're going to get one or two scenes of Ben's childhood possibly to like show because so much of the audience, I know so much of the baby little little boy Kylo Ren that people can't handle that played by Finn Wolfhard. Um, Oh no. freak out oh god like so much of the general audience doesn't read the books and the extra materials so they won't read like the rise of kylo ren and stuff so if they want the general audience to really you know feel that sympathy for him they need to show a couple of flashbacks of like what was his child his childhood like dealing with snoke inside his head and his parents don't get it and maybe something with luke once he's trying to train with luke like that would be extremely helpful for trying to get the audience to understand and really sympathize with and relate to this character if they're not already, which, man, I don't know how you couldn't be at this point. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people aren't there yet. That's okay. Yeah. Well, I love your idea of the final confrontation being not only a lightsaber battle, but an inner battle within your mind or your soul. I love that idea. It's similar to what you see in Order of the Phoenix. I, I've never even thought about it that way. So thank you for now instilling that in my mind. I will never be able to let go of it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say for my my headcanon confrontation, um, I know a lot of people have said maybe something's photoshopped out of that image with Ray and Kylo fighting. Um, based on how they're standing that's possible um i also think part of that image was just like the rain probably them trying to like like the rain's coming at them so they're trying to like kind of shield themselves from it um which is Mm -hmm. why it kind of looks a little strange but i think we'll get that big fight on the death star and i think that's mainly where the the fight will take place i don't know if it'll necessarily take place in the throne room i think that set piece is going to be completely just drenched in pouring rain and it's very symbolic of washing away the the sins and the the mistakes of the skywalkers almost very symbolic and in the fact that anakin 
Anakin fell to the dark side and fire, and now Kylo is, you know, getting rid of that fire with water and those elements at play with each other. I think that um, that scene with Ray and Ben fighting on top of what we think is the Death Star, that feels like a second act thing. That's my, again, a tinfoil mm. prediction, like that they're going to, because I think they're going to have some kind of confrontation on Pasana in the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like the, the Death Star battle is going to be their second confrontation and that's going to be the point where I think they're finally going to decide to team up that like, hey, we're actually looking for the same thing or like we're on the same page here. We need to team up in order to take down Palpatine if they're both aware that it's him behind everything at that point. Right. Yeah. Maybe they just discover it on the like you're saying on the Death Star and it's not even where the third act does take place, which makes me think like, well, what what could where could it take place with Pal- like fighting Palpatine? Could it be like another planet, like we're saying, maybe like a Coruscant or something? I don't know. Something. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I, man, I have no idea. Um, uh, there's so many places. Because I feel like they're not going to show us like, you know, the third act of the movie in a lot of the trailers because it could be too revealing. Which I know yeah. was why some people are saying, yourself included, that the Death Star is a second act part. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be hyping up the Ray and Ben confrontation, maybe in the official trailer. I feel like they might show the like the lead up to that and try to get everyone hyped for the rematch, you know, but that's not actually going to be the final battle, you know. Because I feel like they're going to be counting on the fact that a lot of the general audience still thinks, yeah, Ray and Kylo Ren have to duel at the end and she's going to kill the evil Kylo Ren. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like they're going to be trying to hype that up. I will tell you one thing when that trailer comes out, that second trailer, I will lose my effing mind. (laughs) I think we all will. But yeah, oh god, I because don't even. <laughs> we still know so little about the story. I mean, the teaser didn't show much. The teaser was basically eye candy. It was showing us shots that look good, right? Um, right. And the whole first sixty seconds is Ray running from his Tie Fighter. So we, most of it's taken up by that scene that we have no context for. <laughs> and I'm just thinking when I first saw the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens second trailers in October, and I was like. I was like, there's so many ways this movie could go. And the fact that there's so many, so many unknowns already, it's just going to add to that. I remember when people thought that like it was Hux extending his hand to Ray or like Ben was extending his hand to someone else in that trailer. And I was just like, (laughs) what really? Like I'm waiting to see what the episode nine version of that's going to be like crazy theories of like trying to dodge what we're seeing in the trailer. (laughs) What that's going to be this time. They, maybe they'll end it on another another sheave instead of just him laughing. It'll actually be like a line. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like he will be destroyed or something. I, I want um, Ben to narrate the next trailer. That would be awesome. Yeah, that. Oh, that would be so cool. That'd be really awesome. Like, I would love see, that. I at least see him in the Knights of Ren. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Or like, let the past die. Kill it if you have to, or something. Oh no, they Harry did that in the other one. I think. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Some nah. some new speech about yeah. r- ruling the galaxy. <laughs> With his like really gr- growly, like low voice. Yeah. He's got a <laughs> He's throne like, my now. girlfriend my girlfriend dumped me. <laughs> yeah. Now I must <laughs> now I must fight. I don't I, even know. I've totally like not been sitting on my couch eating ice cream and crying. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
Well, before we uh, we get out of here and wrap this up, uh, two quick questions because I have I have to do this. I posted it, and I got two people to reply back about some questions for this episode. All right. So we had uh, one of my patrons, Charlie Skywalker at D Blake Junior Seven. He wanted to know with uh, nine is the end of Skywalker Saga. Would that include Finn, Poe, and Ray, or could they get more movies? Do you want to kick that one off? Hmm. I think it's at least going to be the end for them for a while. Like mm-hmm. um, maybe in 10, 15 years, they come back, you know, to yeah. pass the torch to, to the next generation. But I think for a while, this is going to be it. You know, I think they're going to be in books and things, you know, possibly carrying the story forward. But in terms of films, yeah, I think this is probably it for at least a while. I agree with that. And to that, I will add, give me the Poe and BB-8 Top Gun Disney Plus series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with like great. one badass other pilot that's with him. Like, uh, I forget what her name is. I don't know if she's died in the Poe comics or not. She's um, uh, she's blue skinned. I don't think she's Chiss. Um, oh God, I can't remember her uh, name. But she's in the Poe Dameron. Yeah, she's like in the Poe Dameron comics. I'm like, you could throw those two on a Disney Plus show together. Yeah. Just going through the galaxy, cleaning up crime and bounty hunters and the underworld. So you don't have to have the first order as the larger threat anymore, but you could have them being sort of the, uh, the peacekeepers, you know, and their and their X wings. I think that'd be awesome. And just give me more BB eight, maybe even Kaz and the resistance crew live action yes, with Poe like, Dameron. That'd like, be pretty come cool. On, okay. Like Chris, Christopher Sean could totally play Kaz in live no. action. Like they if need to Christopher Sean and Oscar Isaac were live action together yes. for resistance. <laughs> I would lose my effing mind. That'd be Amazing. so cool. Uh, and then the uh, last question here is from Timothy at toasted Zen. He says, this film will do a great job of tying up the loose ends of the saga of that. I have no doubt, but JJ loves mystery boxes. So which Easter eggs do you think will be set in motion for future projects, i.e. Ray talking the Jedi texts or Ezra and Thrawn or Ahsoka lives. So I think back to what I said earlier about my theory that Ray is going to have, Ray does have the power to touch objects and see the past. And even probably the Kylo has that same power, which is why I think their force Skype is unique and why that's able to happen. Uh, I think that they will, we will get Easter eggs somehow through that power if that's if that's a thing so like maybe Mm -hmm. they're you know if they go back and find some sort of relic like a holocron or something and they touch it and they're able to see the past or maybe if we see kylo actually touch vader's helmet in this and for the first time he experiences like the past like how ray experiences it through the lightsaber and that could be a good way to like tie in uh anakin and maybe even like a mention of ahsoka i don't know something like that if that i think that's the only way you could tie in ahsoka is like viewing the past of anakin through ben's eyes if that's yeah at all relevant um with thrawn or ezra though i don't think there's enough time in the movie unfortunately but i think the unknown regions could be mentioned and um maybe plant the seeds for like um there's a possibility that they could be out there not by mentioning them specifically but just the the area of the unknown regions or like parts of it that they could be in yeah, I think that most of the Easter eggs will probably be like saga related. Um, yeah. you know, Easter eggs tying back to the other films. But I think hmm, there could probably be like an Old Republic Easter egg or two, like uh, tying into if they do some Old Republic stuff in one of the other trilogies or on Disney Plus or something. Because I think actually that crystal that Luke has um, on Octu 
in the uh, visual dictionary, it says something about it belonging to an old Jedi or something like that. It sounded like it was Old Republic. So they could do something small like that where in the visual dictionary, you're like, oh, this ties back to the Old Republic or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. Because then that sets up to the next step of the movies. Like you said, everything is released and, and, and given to us for a reason. That's why like maybe Solo was released the way it was with more Han Solo in this movie and um, and the rise of Kylo Ren and also just Force Collector, that's, that's, those sorts of things. So I think that would set it up too. Um, yeah. That's a good idea. And it just explains more Force lore as well, which I'm always a huge... I'm more about the Force than the war uh, aspect Same. of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have enough war in the real world as it is. Give me some force mystic stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Madison, thanks a ton for coming on the show today. Where can people find you? You can find all the episodes of my show on doingtalking.com, and you can also listen to it on Spreaker, iTunes, and YouTube. My channel there is Maddie Solo. That's M-A-D-I hyphen solo. And you can also follow Doing Talking at Doing Talking Pod on Twitter. Woohoo! Yeah, your Twitter is awesome. You post some fun things on there. <laughs> you, you just posted the trumpet video, or re- you retweeted something today with that trumpet oh, of yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> I keep seeing that pop up every month. That's going to be and all like, on the day of episode nine. <laughs> my, my goal <laughs> over the next few months is to get a trumpet and learn how to play it. So when I walk into the movie theater, before the movie starts, obviously, I'll play that um, on the trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. I'll peek. Awesome. Well, again, thank you. Everybody, make sure you go listen to Madison's podcast, Doing Talking, and uh, make sure to follow her on Twitter. And also check out the artwork that I mentioned earlier. I don't. Do you have a full website with your different artwork? Yes, I do. It's madisontames.com. Awesome. So yeah, go check that out. It's uh, some pretty good stuff there. So again, thank you so much. And also thank you to our three patrons. We got Neil Lowry, uh, Charlie Skywalker and Roll Farm Voice. Thank you guys for supporting the show. And for any of you out there who might be considering joining the Patreon, it is patreon.com slash friends of the force. We're at on Twitter at friends of force. So make sure to go check us out on there. We run some pretty fun polls and post some pretty fun memes when I can figure out how to be funny and uh, other other things like that. So until next time, may the force be with you always. <laughs>